0: Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply.
1: Ready to celebrate International Women's Day?
2: with Conair Girl Bomb available at Walgreens.
3: Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month we're talking about trendsetters, women whose vision, style, and willingness to break barriers changed culture, from what we wear to how we behave. Today's Womanican brought the swinging 60s to the streets of London. Her youthful designs and colorful patterns revolutionized women's wear. Let's talk about Mary Quant. Mary was born on February 11, 1930, in Blackheath, London. Mary loved being a kid. Her world was whimsical. Her head was always in the clouds. As she'd later say, she grew up not wanting to grow up. Children were free and sane, and grown-ups were hideous. But of course... There came a time when Mary had to decide what to do for a career. She knew what she wanted to do, study fashion. But her parents, two Welsh school teachers, didn't think that was a very sound decision. So they came to an agreement. She could go to an arts-focused school as long as she got her degree in arts education. Mary accepted and off she went to study illustration at Goldsmiths College. There, she met a peculiar character he was lanky, with an unassuming face. He hardly showed up to class. He could have been easily forgettable, except that when he did show up, he did so in his mother's gold shantung silk pajamas and announced his presence by playing jazzy interludes on his trumpet. His name was Alexander Plunkett Green, and in five years or so, he'd be better known as Mary Quant's husband. Mary knew women's fashion was on the precipice of change, Girls needed affordable clothes that were fashion forward and most importantly, Mary thought, fun. One day, she tried on a kid's sweater for size as a joke. But when she looked in the mirror, she liked what she saw the form, the shape, the comfort. An idea for the future of women's wear took hold. Mary graduated in 1953 and found herself in a London just emerging from the post war boom. A huge youth population with more spending money than ever before, and a rebellious streak to match, filled the streets. Mary and Alexander, along with another friend, Archie, became part of the zeitgeist. In 1955, the three of them each put up 5,000 pounds and bought a storefront in the trendy neighborhood of Chelsea. The area buzzed with socialites and artists, and Mary wanted to dress them. The store they opened would forever change fashion. They called it Bazaar. Half storefront, half lounge, Bazaar catered to the peculiar characters of the Chelsea set. At all hours of the day, Jazz thrummed in the background while Archie and Alexander handed out free drinks. Mary, sporting her signature bob and huge painted eyes, flitted between customers, putting new clothes on the rack as soon as a customer snatched up a piece. The store overflowed with shocks of color—berets and chunky necklaces, knee socks and striped pinafores. Bazaar was an experience, and most importantly, it was an experience for young women. Mary's designs were right out of her childhood, designed to give women a freedom that the clean-cut silhouettes of the 50s denied them. Gone were corsets and wire bras, in came jersey dresses, hot pants, and of course, skirts that got shorter and shorter each season. Most days, Mary turned over the store's entire stock. New designs came in every day, usually from Mary's own two hands. She took the day's profits over to the fabric desk at Harrods, brought new spools back to her apartment, and sewed through the night to make tomorrow's inventory. Mary embraced unconventional materials, like PVC to give raincoat slick sheens, or plastic to mold kitschy shapes onto the heels of boots. She reinvented underwear as outerwear, cardigans as dresses. Fashion could flit in and out of style in the span of a day, Mary was one of the first to embrace mass production and synthetic materials, today staples of fast fashion. Even knowing what we do today, that cheaply produced clothing is bad for the environment and encourages unfair labor practices, we can still recognize how synthetic fabrics encourage people to cycle through clothes quickly. Mary recognized that, too. To her, it would enable people to keep reimagining fashion with little consequence and keep away what she saw as the stagnation of fashion in the interwar decades. As she said herself, the most extreme fashion should be very, very cheap. First, because only the young are daring enough to wear it. Second, because the young look better in it. And third, because if it's extreme enough, it shouldn't last. Mary quickly made a name for herself across the fashion spectrum. Underwear, footwear, tights, cosmetics, all branded with her signature Daisy logo appeared in J.C. Penney and New Quant storefronts. In 1966, she was named an officer of the Order of the British Empire for her contributions to exports. By the 1970s, she was a household name with a line of bed linens and even a daisy fashion doll to match. By 2000, Mary stepped down from her empire. She continued to be honored by museums and offices until her death on April 13, 2023 at 93 years old. All month, we're talking about trendsetters. For more information, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and
1: co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day?